I find their illogic and foolish emotions a constant irritant. And transfer out, freak! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Cheap, lying, no good, rotten, fork-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-legged, and now, together by live simulation via the internet, Scott Gardner and Chris Honeywell. Blah, blah, blah! Blah, blah, blah! No, blah, blah, blah! Ogre! 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 Well, anyway, college is a whole new ballgame. Ogre! People judge you differently than they did in high school. Where are they? I think they're talking about us. No way. Come on, Lewis, let's go. Hello, welcome to another episode of Two True Freaks. I'm Chris Honeywell. And I'm Scott Gardner. And we're both freaks. And uh this episode is sort of is has was sort of my idea. And it's kind of a little more abstract, esoteric topic than than we've had. It's it doesn't Well it re- relates directly to our freakishness, but it doesn't really directly relate to say Star Trek or Star Wars or a movie or comic books or anything like that it's it's more of the concept of well I, I figured the title for it would be um, when fandom turns to mental illness <laughs> and it, it'll be a sort of good um, catch all for just our view on the world of nerds and what are what is a nerd what what's a geek what's a freak and you know what um at 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 this point in time could you really um consider uh what are you doing typing something yes are you chatting someone up or something or what's going on there <laughs> just uh just uh adding my two cents to something okay you caught me. I just want to make sure you're paying close, sharp attention to every word that I say, every every little nugget of gold that comes cascading out of my mouth. All right. Anyway, <laughs> but um, you know what? Um, I think you know. Yeah, I I I think I'll start it out with um, I think about three in two thousand and five. I think it was um up till about. I don't know, a, th- a few months ago when I think this magazine, I used to write a column for a hipster magazine 
it was sort of a music scene hipster magazine in Austin, Texas called Whoopsie. So if there's anybody out there in Austin, Texas, you might remember reading this. I don't know how many people read it. I don't really know much about the, you know, I've never been to Austin, Texas, but I ended up through MySpace getting this gig writing a, a monthly column for them, which would drive me nuts because I hate to write. But um, anyway, I wrote, I, I um, was getting really heated about, um, there was a, a, a sort of trend of, of nerd chic that was happening around then. So this was my my little rant about that. <clears throat> I've noticed an interesting trend lately. Lots of little girly girls wearing tight t-shirts that say, I heart nerds. Everybody's quoting that insipid Napoleon Dynamite movie. Guys are wearing horn rim glasses and Wrangler button-up shirts. It's cool to be a nerd. This means that the popular culture has figured out that nerds are the only true rebels these days and are all rushing in to capitalize on this and dilute their power. And who shall aid them? The hipsters! Virtual armies of affected scenester nerds are popping it up to ruin it for everyone. Think about how toothless and homogenized rock and punk rock have become. The only rebellion these tired genres can muster these days is to get kids to ha get some tattoos and piercings and maybe participate in some lame fetish sex. Who's a rebel? Marilyn Manson? Shit, that guy does more for the Christians than the real Satan just by being their opposite. While these morons are busy testing the limits of their immune system with Prince Alberts for the sake of a quote-unquote statement, the nerds are quietly taking over. Napoleon Dynamite is the man's way of dealing with nerds the same way Green Day dealt with punk rock. The I Heart Nerd Girls don't really heart nerds. They heart pretty boy hipsters in nerd clothes. The three most truly subversively and politically pointed films this year were shipped directly from Nerdland. Star Wars Episode 3, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and George Romero's Land of the Dead. Nerds do incredibly rebellious things like reading books. Hell, just reading in general. They understand things like computers and the internets. Really understand them. You use them to look at porn and shop on eBay. Nerds I know seem to have this knowledge of things like history, and they read science fiction to try and grasp the idea of the big picture. The man would have you believe that all nerds are mouth-breathing Klingon speakers, and some are, but the majority of them are on the stealth. If they ever unite, the world will change. P.S. There are hipster nerds. They're called goths. P.P.S. Napoleon Dynamite isn't even a nerd. He's obviously autistic. There's a big difference. So that was sort of the... That's, that's sort of my Bravo. starting point. And, uh... I'll expound on uh, some of the things I say here, like um, the the um, you know obviously nerds have sort of taken over you know our culture a good deal. You got you got your evil mastermind nerds like Bill Gates. You've got just the fact that um, instead of seeking young hipsters, although they still are, Hollywood's also big big on courting the nerd scene they know oh, yeah we, we totally ruled the cinema this oh, year oh my god and there's more you know there's more coming although it sort of peaked with star wars and indiana jones you know but you know 2008 was a star wars and an indiana jones year mm -hmm. and plus 
on top of it, you had your sleepers that were probably were even better, like the Hulk and well, I don't know if I I haven't seen either of them, but I know you really enjoyed the Hulk and Iron oh, yeah. Man was a good movie. So basically, nerdy stuff is just is huge, you know. I mean, everybody everybody knows how to use a computer now. It used to that used to be you know, for you know Joe Poindexter. Was yep, the only that was strictly who, geek territory right yep, there. And now, you know, now my parents, you know, are are going and looking at videos on YouTube. So pop culture is mixing the hipsters and the young and the old and the nerds all together. And, and the nerds are, you know, starting to really register as a huge demographic. But at the same time... I want that poll. I want I want somebody to call me up and do a nerd poll. Um, can we have a moment of your time, Mr. Uh-huh. Gardner? We we'd like to know if you're a nerd. <laughs> Good luck getting people to tell the truth on it. Yeah. Um, but when I was saying that um, um, Star Wars Episode Three, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and Romero's Land of the Dead, those were three Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Maybe not so much political. Although it's it's very satirical of just human nature, you know, it's a mm-hmm. it's 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 mainly a comedy, but there's a lot of satire on on human beings and their and their place in the universe. And uh, episode three had, I mean, there were a lot of people speculating on, uh, you know, Anakin had his line about, you know, you're either with us or you're against us which was almost a direct George W. Bush quote. So there were a lot of people debating whether that was George Lucas's political view and the, and the you know, the emperor, you know, it, it sort of played into the um, black helicopter 911 crowd, you know, the, the, the um, Palpatine manipulating events to make it seem as if there's something going on when actually he's manipulating it into uh giving himself power so there were a lot of people thinking and uh, that this movie was you know that George Lucas was sliding some some political commentary in there and uh, George Romero's Land of the Dead is a complete you know meditation on the haves and have nots to the point of where it's not even really a horror movie (laughs) it's not even scary (laughs) it's gory at points but it's still it's more of a social commentary than uh I still haven't seen that one yet oh it's very good i enjoyed it a lot i was kind of uh i was kind of worried about it because when i saw that they were making it i saw that they had uh um dennis hopper and john leguizamo in it and john leguizamo didn't really bother me cuz i think he's an excellent actor he he really um Consume, he he really consumes himself in a role. He doesn't really come off as being John Leguizamo, but Dennis Hopper is a scenery chewing, you know, overacting, freakish freak, and he's Dennis Hopper whenever you see him on the screen. And that's and that's one thing I like about the Dead movies is he's pretty much no name actors in it, so you don't really have that. It makes it seem a little more realistic that you have this character that you've never seen before and you right. usually never see him after either even if even if they happen to you know i mean a lot of the actors in the in the dead movies were really good but 
they just never really uh, went on to do anything else or anything else of any kind of large-scale success yeah. yeah and uh so i was really worried about it having those guys in there but uh it turned out dennis hopper really dialed his performance down and put in a really subtle he has a few he has a few goofy moments where he's acting crazy but he's acting crazy well within the context of his character and it really works there's there's a scene where he picks his nose in it that's genius and it's just a little thing he says something and then at the end of it he sort of rubs his nose and does a little pick and it's like the way a rich cultured person would pick their nose you know it's not a full goober stick your finger up there and go it's it's just a very classy way uh, and and it and it communicated a lot of things. It was just a, and I could tell it was probably just a ad lib by Dennis Hopper, you know, that he that he threw in there. And John Leguizamo is great in it. He's 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 really he was the best thing about that last M Night Shyamalan a Ding Dong movie that I saw, where which was pretty <laughs> I call him movie. that too. <laughs> happening. Did you see that? Yes, I watched it. How was it? Eh. The begin, eh, you know, eh, uh, that's I, I, I could, I could do a, I could do a whole review of that. I, I maybe I will in the, in the. That's such a shame because he started so strong, he and really it seems like everything his, since he became his ego got a hold of him, and he decided he's Alfred Hitchcock and Steven Spielberg mixed in together. You, you think that's what it is? Because well, he, I don't and, know. And at the I same time, him, he seems like he has an ego to me. It just seems like he's just uh, kind of doing what he wants to do. Uh, you know? I, Whether I, people receive it well or not he's just kind of doing his own thing but he doesn't seem egotistical to me this this movie he just um well this uh, for one thing all his movies have his name at the top of them you know m night Shyamalan, ding dongs the happening and this time it's rated r so he threw in some gore but it's so like self-consciously like here's and there's a scene where you know people people fall under the spell and just like start killing themselves and so this guy, they have a scene where someone filmed it on their phone. You know, this guy's in the lion cage, and he, uh, you know, he just waves his hand in front of the lions till they rip his arms off. And the lions jump up and bite his arm and start pulling on his arms, and his forearms come off at the elbow. And he's standing there, and they're like pulling a, pulling him off like you're pulling a toothpick out of something, you know. And it's like <laughs> if a if a lion got a hold of your arm and started yanking on it to yank your arm off they'd yank you right down to the ground you know they'd have to yank and yank to pull your arm out of its socket and it's gonna come out at the socket not on your you know at your elbow with a piece of bone sticking out it's just it was like monty python you know <laughs> and then blood gushing out but there were there were i mean most of the other gore was really well done but it was also like here is a gory scene and then the rest of it is like, run away, run away from the wind. Here comes the wind, run! And uh, it had some good things going for it, but for the most part, eh. But was the reveal any good as to what you know no. what the hell's going on? No, I figured it out. I figured it out from the um, previews, to tell you the truth. It was like bad gas, wasn't it? Yeah. Pretty much. Because I know that I know that when that happens to me, way. that pretty much the same thing Run happens. Like wind. people, you know, when I have like really bad killer farts, 
people start like falling off of scaffolding and like running and stuff, screaming. So yeah. I, I figured it's like just killer gas. I don't, I, I don't know. Oh, I know how we got to this movie because a lot John Linguizamo's in it. That was the link to uh, Land of the Dead. But you know, in, in two thousand and five, three of the movies that like had the most like resonance were science fiction, you know, were science fiction or horror or nerd movies with that as a subtext. And I think the subtext movies have more of an effect than a movie that comes right out and says something. The subtext movies are more interesting because they become sort of a commentary on our time. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 and it's still going on, you know, I mean, Iron Man has, I, you know, they'll, the, and when when they look back in time at all these science fiction, it's always science fiction movies too, that people look back on in film history, and it's the nerd movies, and they say, "Oh, look at this! This movie was really a comment on, you know, I mean, think about war, the, you know, some War of the Worlds, the original uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, are Invasion of the Body Snatchers especially is." You know, they teach it in film school as a as a Cold War allegory. You know, with people, with you know, creeping communism taking over and the pod people and <laughs> the paranoia at that time. It was a reflection of the paranoia, and we have a and you know nowadays we have a lot of movies with people getting tortured in it because that's sort of something that people are thinking about and it's in the news a lot. And so they're going to look back at movies in this time and go, it's the torture era of movies where you know there was a scandal in the united states about whether we were torturing people so there's all these movies with people getting chainsawed you know the host like the movie hostile but um you know i mean it's obvious it's obvious that nerds are are a great revenue maybe not so much in like other fields like the the music business or yeah, I think that might be the only one, more. you know. Yeah, television is has got heroes and Battlestar Galactica and you know, a lot of those shows have been lost. Lost is a big nerd show. And Lost is like a comic book, you know, it's an ongoing story of bizarreness. Do you watch that? No, I don't because I I I figured you probably had to watch it from the beginning to know sort of what the hell was going on and to follow the characters and I never did. It's it's worth the investment though. Yeah. It, it is a good well, show. It's, it's one of those things where I can go out and rent season one and and watch it in like two or three days and you know and then go out and rent season two. So it's it's worth a look. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, yeah, been I've, I've, since I've caught been. episodes of it and thought that they were really good. Yeah, it's it's only gotten better over time. Or, or so that's, it seemed that's very good. interesting. Anyway, I didn't know what the hell was going on, but it all seemed really interesting. And I love those unresolved, bizarre. You know, where you're just trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Who's you know? Is there a mastermind to this, or is everybody in a magnetic field where they're hallucinating, or what the hell is going on? Is it gonna? Is it gonna ever gel? You know, that's what keeps people in. Is it ever gonna gel into some coherent thing where it explains why it's all happening? And obviously it is, because there's a lot of flashbacks, and you know, they they keep shading the characters, so it has something to do with these characters and their actions. 
What I so like is it's just it's got geek Easter eggs all wow. over the place, you know, because there's, you know, it's got a ton of Star Trek connections. It's got the obvious, you know, comic connections. You know, Stan makes a guest appearance in one part. And, well, it's a cameo, really. But, you know, it's got tons of Star Trek, uh, you know, little Easter eggs and crossovers and stuff like that. And uh, But what I really like about it is, I mean, w- with such a huge cast, you know, you usually, particularly in sci-fi, whenever you get a huge cast like that, you know, whether it's Star Trek or whatever, there's usually, you know, a good third of the characters are just, you know, total throwaway or right. sometimes, you know, in the worst cases, they're outright annoying. Right. And really, there's only one character on the whole show that I'm like, God, I wish she would just die, you know? And, and that's, that's not bad the, for a TV show at all. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, everybody else holds my interest. I care about them. I care about their stories. I want to see where they're going. It's just the it's the psycho mom. That's the only one I. She's just doesn't nope. she doesn't work. You know. Uh, here's what's here's what gets me about all this though. Okay, so like in the movies and TVs, you, you, in the movies and TVs, and on the internet, you can pretty much agree. <laughs> That like geek stuff rules. Absolutely, it, it it doesn't just rule because it's great. It rules because it's pulling in the cash. So then, why aren't the geeks getting the actual respect that they deserve? That's that was the thesis of my 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 column. You got your your geeks. The ones that that get held up in society as being cool, ge- besides Bill Gates, besides like famous geeks, were the the hipsters who were like, "I'm gonna dress in my 70s, you know, I'll get my Wrangler shirt and I'll button it all the way up and I'll get like some too tight corduroy high water pants and and I'll wear you know horn rim glasses for my glasses and." Uh, but really, they were tre- you know they were trendy people. They were hipsters. You know they were you know I I I mean I recognize their type from when I was in high school and college. You know they're they're trend followers, and right? They, and they were the and they were the like kind of pretty boys. You know the 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 guys that were, like all the girls were like ooh he's really hot, and then that then it was like sort of sort of cool to dress down and and not be and be stylish by not being stylish and dressing nerd-like and, uh, you know, wearing vintage, vintage t-shirts, you know, with the, with the, the, um, oh, what do they call them? Um, the, the, the t-shirts that have the trim around the, the sleeves. Oh yeah. And yeah. The, and the collar. But I don't know what it's ringers. called. They're called ringer. Ringers. T-shirts. That's it. Yeah. Ringers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, uh, it, it, you know, whatever. All all that fashion stuff is bullshit and ridiculous anyway. So no matter what time period you, you, you're going for, but at the same time, the real nerds, you know, the the ones you're going to find at a, a convention of some sort, or or you know, really, or in line to see episode whatever coming out, are just still constantly ridiculed constantly held up to uh to ridicule and i wonder why and and, i mean 
it's always been the case. I mean, the first time I became aware of the word nerd was uh, my father picked it up somewhere. I don't know. He came home one day and he was just like, hey, I got a poster for you if you want it. He had a whole bunch of posters. And one of the posters was a National Lampoon Are You a Nerd poster. And it was a picture of a guy. He had the pocket protector and the greased down hair. And, you know, there were little arrows to every little thing pointing out, you know, what what brand of pants he was wearing and everything and a sort of dictionary definition of nerd and uh and I remember thinking it was really funny and hanging up but at the same time I didn't really necessarily think it was me but it was me you know I had the glasses my glasses were taped together <laughs> 9 out of 10 times you know I would get hit in the face in dodgeball and have to tape my big plastic sorry about that <laughs> yeah, you wish you had my glasses back then. <laughs> uh, but in those glasses, that was back when glasses technology was not very good. And, you know, since my eyes were really bad, my glasses were like, they were literally like Coke bottles. They were literally these big, like, three-quarter inch <laughs> things that weighed 18 pounds on the bridge of your nose. And, you know, as far as... Uh, so so I was living I was living that life and it's it's always been um you know short of the movie Revenge of the Nerds in the 80s which was the only sort of thing that re really glorified nerds and then then Napoleon Dynamite came along and that was another like oh this you know this made this made nerds cool but well since this is a um obviously so far from what I'm gathering this is this is a topic of tangents what what did you think of that movie? You know, it was entertaining, and there were parts of it that reminded me. You know what they reminded me of? Now the, the viewers aren't gonna, or the viewers, the listeners aren't gonna, um, get this. But the Phelps boys, they reminded me of a little bit of not really the way they acted, but the way they sort of looked and. and yeah. And I I can get I I can see that easily. And uh, yeah. and, uh you know, there were I mean. It was affected. It was. It was. It was an amusing movie. You know. I mean. It had nice. It had a nice heart to it, sort of. But at the same time, it 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 didn't really. It worked in the wor in the world that it created, for the movie. But in the real world, if when people watched that movie and were like, "I love that movie," and they like wanted to be friends with a Napoleon Dynamite, you know. If they met a real Napoleon Dynamite, they wouldn't want to be anywhere near that guy. Exactly. You know? Yep. Exactly. Anywhere near. Exactly. He would get on their nerves so fast. And I, I mean, I knew pe I, I, I knew people like him, sort of in high school. I mean, he's an exaggerated version of people that I knew that would just be in their own own little world, you know, and drawing pictures and stuff the like that. People that we went to high school with would have easily put us in the same category as him i think when we went to school and we obviously were not the cool popular kids if we went to school with if we went to school with napoleon dynamite we would have been friends with napoleon dynamite we would have More probably been hanging out with him and whatever and going over and eating steaks over at his house and you know with yep. his uncle or whatever but at, at by the same by the same token we would have been like man what a freak <laughs> jesus christ he's a hostile like 
hostile freak. And ba- basically, he reminded me of actually of people that I know that are autistic, that have a stri- you know a hard time understanding, like mildly autistic, not not completely non-communicative autistic. Right. And they have a hard time with emotions. They don't really understand emotions. So they, so I mean, because Napoleon Dynamite was the only emotion that he ever showed in the whole movie was frustration. Everything else was delivered flat. And basically, also that movie was like the only thing that that actor ever did that was any good. Everything else he ever did after that is shaded by Napoleon Dynamite. And he and he basically just plays the same idiot role every time, but Napoleon Dynamite was probably the best written idiot role that he had. So he's never going to go anywhere beyond. <laughs> beyond he's never going to get out of that shadow. But I thought that movie set real ner- I thought that movie was actually it. It was one of at the same time as it glorified Napoleon Dynamite. At the same time, it was also putting him up to be mocked. It was a yeah. movie that his hipsters liked because there, there's an element of mocking to it, you mm-hmm. know, or, or irony to it. So it's like, oh, I love Napoleon Dynamite because he's so annoying or whatever, you know. And I and I think and then and also that's what people started thinking of. It's just like third generation hippies now. When you see like when I see like twenty year old kids who are like, I'm a hippie, and they dress up in their hippie clothes and they talk like a hippie and stuff. And it's all really just their idea of what a hippie was back in the sixties, but they really have no idea cause they weren't there, you know, and the, the people that were there, even them, they have it all filtered through their own nostalgia and all their own personal bullshit. So, you know, you see, you see a, a hippie nowadays at a hippie concert, <laughs> and they're like a copy of a copy of a copy, you know. And they're they're starting to and they and they get an element of um of stereotype to it, you know. They're 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 acting up a stereotype. And if there's one thing that I hate, it's people that that play into stereotypes. I hate it. Everybody does it to some extent, you know. Whether it's you know, a racial stereotype or a social stereotype or an economic st- stereotype. You you know, I've always thought, why don't people who are in the situation where, um, say, you know, you're mocked for a stereotype because, say, you know, whatever, for your race or whatever, why you wouldn't want to sort of counteract that or stymie that and all you have to all anybody has to do to stymie anybody's prejudice is to act outside that envelope you know is to is to basically to conduct themselves in like themselves instead of you know you know being when you come to a point in your life when you're when you're an adult and you're starting to think for yourself and you can see the way people act around you and you can say, see the way things are going, you know, and I just don't understand how people think to themselves, Oh, I want to act like a typical white guy, you know, or I want to act like a typical Italian guy or a typical Jewish guy, or, you know, you see these stereotypes and you go, I, you know, I'm black and I hate the stereotypes that people have of black people. 
and and at the same time some of those stereotypes come from culture so you might want to embrace it but there's also lots of negative stereotypes and why anybody would want to embrace the negative stereotypes or play up to the negative stereotypes or the stupid stereotypes whether you be a hippie Puerto Rican or whatever is beyond me it drives me nuts <laughs> I can see that 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 happens around here you know where I live you know I'm I'm in Georgia and you know, everybody – a lot of these people are playing, in my opinion, they're playing to the uh, the redneck stereotype. And I, a lot of them I don't think really, really are truly the definition of a redneck, but it's become so – so hip and cool thanks to uh, Jeff Fox or these you know comedy routine that now it's it's kind of the cool thing to do if you know you're from the south and you've got a hint of a uh, of a southern accent then all of a sudden it, it, it's the cool thing to be and you know I mean again you know with with the society we're in these days too you know political correctness and all that I mean really what's what's left that's not acceptable anymore you know I mean what's what's left that's not mainstream about the only group that's left out there that that seems like it's okay to pick on or it's okay to to be negative against is fat people you know but it's not cool to pick on you know racial groups and it's not cool to pick on you know homosexuals and st- I mean not that it was ever cool I'm just saying that you know those are total taboo now and you know so what's left so now you know all of a sudden because there's no taboos there's there's no f- forbidden territory I think a lot more people just go with whatever they they feel like they the group is that they fit in rather than rebelling against it because there's some sort of you know negative negativity to to their stereotype or whatever I, I don't know if that quite follows if if well, you know where I'm going with that but well here's 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 how I've been trying to explore it because as a white guy and as a nerd maybe I gotta do it from that point of view and think about but then I think about. You know, okay, you got, like, you guy. You know what? Let's come back to this after the break because then we can enter into that. We'll, we'll, we'll come back from the break and we'll start talking about the, the negative stereotypes of nerds. Okay. And the, and the things that people find, you know, the, the, the negative and positive stereotypes of, of nerds. And we'll start applying that to the greater greater social framework of races <laughs> and social classes and all that fun stuff that'll get us in trouble and if we can throw religion in there too maybe somebody will, some more people can get mad at us <laughs> alright we'll be right back Star Wars Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid The Sound of Music In the tradition of these great films about fighting back against the odds, 20th Century Fox presents another milestone in motion picture history. Revenge of the Nerds. 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 Nerds! What is a nerd? (laughs) They've been laughed at. Picked on. And put down. I'm not kissing a nerd. They don't have the moves. 
Or the muscle. You know karate? Uh, no. Good. But they've got the brains. I know what we're going to do. It's time for the odd <laughs> to get even. Their action tonight demands an immediate retaliation. How many cameras do we have left? This should do it. Oh, here she comes. Go up, go up. Oh, no. Oh! That nerd saw me naked. <laughs> nerd! Are all nerds as good as you? Revenge of the nerds. Their time has come. I drink to that. All right, we're back into our discussion of Nerdland. While we were away, we were sort of trying to figure out where the hell... Well, Scott's trying to figure out where the hell I'm going with this. <laughs> yes, and totally. to be honest with you, so am I. I need a map! <laughs> so am I, but I, I think I, I think I sort of have a loose idea where this is where this is going to head. Okay. Uh, but first, I think I need to lay some groundwork. We need to lay some groundwork by establishing, you know, a little list of what the negative nerd stereotypes are, and uh, and you know, I'll try to figure out which ones apply to me, <laughs> apply to us. <laughs> but um. You know, you've there's there there's so many different kinds of nerds, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll stick to the ones that you know you know you have your poindextery nerds, you know the glasses, the greasy hair, the whiny voice, you know wimpy, and then you've got the comic book guy nerd from The Simpsons, where it's a obese adult who's in a rest in a state of alarmingly arrested childhood. Who's hopelessly lonely and desperate, but you know lives in their mom's basement and flames, you know, trolls around message boards and uh, and opines about you know how Star Wars, uh, George Lucas has pissed all over their good time, and uh, you know the, the, there's uh, an obsessive compulsive nature about it of fact memory memorization and of course nerds are also very very smart yep they're they're, they're that's one of, that's like one of the i mean it's really a positive trait but that's like one of the things that are held against their eggheads they're very smart at the expense of being socially um competent so it's, can, I, can I interject something sure. right there on that? Um, you know, you asked the question before, and I, I wasn't sure if you were asking it rhetorically or if you really wanted an answer. But you know, you asked why you thought it was that you know, despite ha- you know the fact that we you know, undeniably, I think there's no argument that we ruled the box office this year. You know, and, you know, and and the and in a lot of ways, the airwaves. You know, as far as TV. You know, like you said, I mean, about the only thing where where geeks don't seem to rule is in the in the music industry, you know. But we're definitely you know king of the box office, you know, king of the TV, and, and things like that. And I, I think the reason the stereotype persists, and the reason that the only cool geeks seem to get is the geek chic, which is a a, a total fabrication, you know. Right. I think it comes down to two things. I think it comes down to sex in the aspect of, you know, guys 
uh, your, your typical male, you know, that, that the stereotype male, stereotypical yes. male will pretty much screw anything. So it doesn't matter. You're a, new, a nerd girl. Actually, there's there's somewhat of a fetish attached to nerd girls. Right. They're actually quite desirable to a lot of, you know, guys, geeks, jocks, whatever. You know, I, th- across I the, think it's across mostly a physical fetish for glasses, <laughs> to tell that you the too. truth. <laughs> Could be that too. But on the flip side, honestly, you know, what girl wants a geek guy? The stereotypical geek guy. Because right. the stereotypical geek guy is usually one of two people. He's either the, you know, scrawny, pasty, you know. Sand kicked in your face. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. He's that guy. Or he's the comic book guy. You know, he's the, you know, he's the overweight, balding, you know, never Which, never bathes, you know. He's yeah. got a high problem he's got a you know he's severely uh you know socially retarded kind of guy so you know you've got your two extremes but that's pretty much how nerds are depicted and 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 considered you know so you got that angle the other angle is what i would call x-men syndrome which is you know in the x-men universe in the x-men comic books the X-Men are, well, mutants as a whole, are feared and hated. We're told this in, like, every issue, right? Right. You know, that mankind fears and hates the mutants. Well, you know, why do they fear them? You know, a lot of times they'll tell you because, it's, you know, they're different. They have strange and unusual powers. But really, to me, what it comes down to is the mutants are the next step in our evolution. Right. And mankind on a you know whether it's on a conscious or subconscious level understands this i like where you're going with this fears for its survival so you know you take a bunch of you know a football team right a bunch of asshole jocks you know a bunch of meatheads stereotype meatheads yes and you know they're walking down the street and you know joe nerd you know who you know has an iq of 250 Yet, you know, he's got, you know, the muscle definition of a stool, you know, they're going to kick his ass. And why are they going to kick his ass? Because they fear him. Secretly, they fear him. Yes. Not on an intimidation level, not on the level of, oh, this guy's going to hurt me, but on the on the level of, he's got something up on me. Exactly. When shit comes down, you know. This guy is the next step in our evolution, so to speak. You know, he's smarter than me. He can figure shit out. You know, I mean, if it came down to, you know, you had, you know, yeah, and then they uh, then they say in, a, in, a, in an end of the world scenario, you know, where where you've got to build a rocket ship and get the fuck off the planet because you know shit's going down, and you've got one jock who all he knows is football, and you've got one nerd that all he knows is Star Trek. Who's got the like likelier, you know, the more likelihood of surviving that situation? Oh, the nerd in that scenario, but in a Mad uh-huh. Max scenario, it might be a little different. <laughs> Maybe. He Maybe, up, yeah. He ends up, you know, the occasional nerd ends up getting himself a little helicopter to fly around. And... <laughs> but, I mean, do you see where I'm going yeah. with that? Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, I think that's, you're saying that, that nerds that, are superior. <laughs> absolutely, we and, are uh, homo superior, and they fear us. That's why they write the. That's why the. I'm sure that's what Stan Lee was thinking about when he started the X Men. Is he's like people are gonna, you know, my comic book nerd readers are gonna identify with this, just like Spider Man. Spider Man taught an important lesson that it was. You know, make a make a hero with with frailties that that people can identify with, and the mutants are a different thing. They're they're instead of the frailties that they identify with, we the ner- we and the nerds and the comic book readers, um, and especially like back in the back in the day, when when really like a lot of people, you know, you got hipsters, you got everybody reading comic books nowadays. They're making movies about them, so you know they're in the, on the bookshelves now instead of uh you know there's collections on the bookshelves so mm-hmm. um where the hell was i going with this <laughs> about us being the next step in evolution oh, uh, oh at least well, yeah playing. yeah and and stan lee play, played off the the fact that we would identify with the mutant strengths right that we would I- identify with them that they were different and they were put outside because they were different but they were secretly feared because they're you know they're the next evolutionary step or they're the next you know they've got something up they can do things that normal people can't do even superman to a certain degree you know the classic golden age superman right from the very beginning you know i mean you know he was labeled with you know being you know one of his labels along with the man of steel was the man of tomorrow you know he was he was the the perfect yeah exactly but you know, in his regular everyday normal Joe life, he he was a complete dork. You know, he was a geek. Mm-hmm. You know, he was Clark Kent. Couldn't get laid. You know, ladies didn't dig him. You know, he was a dork. He got pushed around. You know, he got the, you know, the the in the very first issue. You know, he's got the guy. You know, shoving him by the face. You know, and stuff like that. But you know, deep down, he's really you know the 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 next step in you know. Well, he's yeah. like the ultimate evolved man you know so I, I think that i think on a psyche level oh sure i think i think people get that i think they understand that and i think that there's a certain amount of oh, on a primal fear. level they do yeah exactly primal that's what i was going for that you know that that they they understand and possibly even fear that i really do that's 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 my theory and i'm sticking with it it's it's a good theory and it's playing out and it can be you know there's ev- at least anecdotal evidence to support it but um i um the the thing about the geek stereotypes is and and you and I both know it is they exist mm-hmm. and i learned that one of a big eye opener for me was uh going to a comic book convention and it wasn't really a comic book convention it was a sci-fi fantasy convention and it mainly the focus was on books it was um it's organized by a group that that read science fiction fantasy books and talk about them so it was very heavy heavy on authors but you know it had your standard um semi-celebrities and you know there was there was a little bit of everything there and i gotta tell you i went there to to film to film the thing it was happening at a convention center 
Now, on the same day in the convention center, there was a model search. Model Search USA was happening. So there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of teeny boppers and, you know, all sorts of hottie people all dressed up and, you know, you know, little teenage girls with their with their handler parents, you know, gussying them all up and and in the, and all these and at the same time, all these nerds just going, oh, my God, look at all the girls. And there was a um, <laughs> a wedding going on at the same time. So it was this weird bunch of three groups of people bumping heads together and I was like I gotta film this <clears throat> this is gonna be really interesting and I ended up mostly filming you know the 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 nerd stuff because that's what I'm interested in anyway and um, I went there with a couple of a cameraman and another person who was just sort of walking around with me talking to people and this was hot on the heels of uh, <clears throat> everybody who's been on on YouTube or whatever, or, you know, everybody's familiar with the whole Triumph the Insult comic dog where he goes to the premiere of episode one and just tears people up. It's hilarious, you know. It's, and, uh, you know, he plays on every nerd stereotype there. You could pretty much just take that video and, uh, and you could take his jokes and each joke pertains to a particular stereotype you're never going to get laid you're going to die alone you live with your parents you know right. you you, you don't got, have got, a foothold on reality <laughs> you're, but you said did, now did you find it hilarious I, literally tears were coming out of my eyes because it was because he was i mean the people that he was lampooning were walking right into it and they and and also i would say Three quarters of them were hip to it. They knew. They knew that you know. Triumph the insult comic dog. I'll put it this way: Triumph the insult comic dog is Don Rickles. He's an insult comic. That's all he does is insult people. So to be insulted by Triumph the insult comic dog is kind of a is kind of an honor, because that's what he does. You know, he's not gonna. You know, you can't expect him to come anywhere and be nice to anybody. That's not what he does. He's there to be mean. <clears throat> and he's there, and his meanness also exposes some essential truths. There's there are truths to all those stereotypes, as any stereotype. It comes from somewhere, and so he was, and so he found some of the people. You know, some of the people there were so very serious, and you know, were trying to, you know, trying to just sort of tolerate him. But other others were, you know, taking it with with good humor but it was just it was really i mean it was r really i mean when he asked darth vader which button he pushes to call his parents to 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 bring him home you know and there's another one where the stormtrooper and the guy pulls his hat off and he's like look i'm colonel sanders and that guy was old enough and you know smart enough to know that he was getting made fun of and he was trying to one up him and you know he was trying to cut him off before he, and it made for it was very amusing and uh but at the same time I'm torn because okay so anyway I went to this convention hot on the heels of that triumph and I had a puppet with me so immediately you know the temptation is there and the expectation from people is that I'm there to poke fun at it but what you know the thing about me is I like to make fun of people, but at the same time, I, I, I'm, I'm torn. I hate people. I just hate them. 
I'm I'm a total misanthrope. I just think the human race is generally doomed and unpleasant. But at the same time, when I'm around people, I like them. You know, I meet or I'm always meeting people that I like. And when I was at at this convention, yeah, there were a lot of stereotypes there. I'm I got to tell you. When I walked into the comic room, which had a low ceiling in it and was kind of more enclosed, the smell in there was something that I'll, you know, will never forget. It was just like there was this fog in there of body odor and bad breath and dirty underwear. It was just bad. And, you know, <laughs> and, the, the, you, you know, there were a lot of people in there just sort of holding their nose and going through the comics. But, there, you know, the people who were generating the smell were just that they, they were walking, talking, living, breathing stereotypes that you know they were fat and they were like argue, ar arguing over things that they really sh really there shouldn't be any argument over or you know or just just acting up to the stereotype and you know and you'd walk into one room and it's the anime room and so it's all these big fat guys with tables and the tables are covered with donuts and Dungeons and Dragons games, and they're all and 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 there's this whole event going on, right? And they're sitting in this room watching um, anime videos that they've probably all seen before. You know, there was another movie room where they're playing Star Wars. You know, we're playing all three Star Wars movies, and people would go and watch all three Star Wars movies. And I'm and I'm wondering to myself, geez, you're around. You know, you've got all these writers and interesting people who are paid to be here to speak and you're watching Star Wars which is a good movie but you're just watching it on a TV on DVD which you can do at home at any point you know why yeah. why why are you spending $50 to come here for the weekend to sit in a room in a dark room and quietly watch you know Return of the Jedi it, but the room was packed full of people and it wasn't like a crazy like Yoo-hoo, let's watch Return of the Jedi, like maybe like the Rocky Horror Picture Show where people are having fun and and hooting and hollering or yelling things at the screen. Everybody's just sitting there silently eating and watching <laughs> this movie. And, strange. But at the same time, I was also meeting a lot of people who were intensely intelligent. And, uh, and it's very... And... and um, you know, I'm used to I'm I, I work in a bar and I, I you know, I spend time with normal people and what normal people talk about and how normal people relate to like politics and things, it's a completely different world than the nerds. When you talk about politics with the nerds, you can never tell whether that person you're talking to is a Republican or a Democrat. As a matter of fact, they're probably neither. You know, they're they're sort of taking an omniscient view of it. Exactly. Most they, of them consider themselves above it. They've they've because they've read history. You know, not only do they know you know science fiction, but the science fiction has led them to an interest in history <laughs> and actual you know actually using logic and critical thinking to figure out history and see patterns in it and to watch the news and think about it actually critically, like really like using the rules of critical thinking 
they actually use them. They put whereas most Americans don't. We don't use them in our show. You know, we're we we make mostly like um, emotional arguments that have maybe no no bearing per se in fact, but they're you know uh, opinions and stuff. But you know, they 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 know the rules for like setting up an argument and proving it right or wrong, and. So when you talk to them about politics or current events or anything, you get a much better shaded, you know, better better than college-educated people who consider themselves, well, I've, you know, I've taken history classes and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, I think science fiction helps you put that more in a context because when you're thinking about how the future is going to work, especially if you're like a science fiction writer, all you have to do is look at the past to see how the past transpires and put new technology on it and figure out, you know, how that new technology and how the changes in society that you are putting forth are going to affect things just like you're writing future history, basically. So I found it very hard to make fun of people, and, and as a matter of fact, I didn't overtly make fun of anybody in it. Uh, some people came out as being very goofy or stuff, but basically I just let them be themselves, you know? And some people were just plain bizarre. There was a guy there who was an erotic, um, erotic science fiction artist, which means he tried to talk girls into posing naked for him. Oh, I try to do that. And, uh, yeah, and it's good to put a slap a title on it, but he was just bizarre. We have video of him. They thrust. slapped a title of pervert on me. and I, I... <laughs> I'm sure he's gotten this title, too. My camera my camera girl, he, um, she was filming at one point, and he just walked up and started thrusting his crotch into the, into the, right into the camera lens, you know, within like an inch of the camera lens. <laughs> and, uh. <laughs> Just, you know, some very, some, you know, there were, there were a lot of, and, and like anything else, there were people there, like there was one guy who was a musician who was a celebrity or, you know, he considered himself a celebrity, but he was in sort of this really narrow um, genre of music called Filk, which is folk music that has science fiction and fantasy overtones to it or mm. lyrics. Yeah, and, I've heard uh, that. And I guess he was held in high regard in that and was very popular in Bulgaria and stuff. But he was like a he was like a Will Ferrell skit from Saturday Night Live. He was just full of himself and he was looking down upon everybody, you know, ah, oh, these nerds, they worship me. But I am not a nerd and of course he was one of the hugest nerds there and but you know, to him he was, you know, the a prince amongst nerds. And when he talked to them, it was just very condescending. And, uh, and I okay. got lots of video of that. I got well, lots I, of video of him doing that. And, uh, you know, I would I've just... I've got a total rant about Prince Among Nerds, so when 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 we come to that. So, so I found a lot of the stereotypes when I got there were totally... Um, totally blown out of the water and totally reinforced at the same time. So, you know, just like, just like anything else, just like if you go to, you know, um, you know, a big redneck fest 
and you know you meet some, you'll meet some of the people there and go oh okay well this guy is actually really smart he just dresses goofy or something like that you know or this you know this person's very interesting and is able to look at all this in context you know and that you know there but there's some people there who are just you know in their own in their own real world uh, like you know i think the worst of the nerds are the ones who are sort of retreating from reality there are a lot of people who you know use you know they'd rather you know it's easier to play video games in your basement for 14 hours a day than you know go out and deal with society at large sure and, uh and just sort of subsume yourself in there and and and, and pop up every once in a while when there's a a festival, but you know they would they would show up at the at the convention and they would be the like the same group of friends that probably sit around in one guy's living room playing Risk, only they would come and play Risk. I, that was one of the jokes from Triumph actually. Triumph was just like, oh, so instead of you know playing at your house, you're playing here, you know. And uh, so it was it, it was a very eye opening experience for. I, I met a lot of really cool people and actually made a lot of. A lot of friends, and there were there were people there who were furries, and the anime people, and the role playing people, and the writers, and the writers were a different breed altogether because they were all trying to promote their books, and uh, you know, and you know, panel discussions on Star Trek, and I mean, basically, the, you know, the panel discussions are basically what we're doing, and uh, we're also very interesting, and and. And there were just a, a lot of, and, and I think a, a lot of the people like, say, if they got married and had kids, that forces you to be socialized, you know, some of the, some of the people there were socialized, some of them weren't. And, uh, the, the, the thing that bothers me about it is when you have maybe, you know, I, it doesn't bother me to have uh triumph, the insult comic dog picking on people at the, and he just did another video of comic con where he's picking on people at Comic-Con and it's, it's not as funny as the Star Wars one, but it's pretty funny. Uh, but, um, and, and here's something, I know you're familiar with this too. And we've discussed this was, uh, Kevin Smith. Yeah. That was the one that I was going to talk about. Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't have an opinion on the, on the, on the comic thing only because you know the insult dog only because I haven't seen it and I'll take your word for it that he was joking in good nature oh but no, what I... no 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 I, I just want to clear that up it's not in good nature it's total poison but oh, that's what right. he does he's he's a just he's toxic he's mean but at the same time the guy who was doing the puppet some of the jokes were cracking him up you know and you can hear him laugh at you know laughing you know He's looking at the guy in the face, and, and he can't believe he's going to say this to him. And I've actually seen Triumph in action, and he had about five writers with him who were sitting there writing stuff down on pieces of paper. They had stuff that they'd written before, and they were writing stuff right on the spot and handing it to him. So well, he's what I'm got saying, joke writers. What I'm asking, though, is that was – I mean, do you think he was – was it a laughing along with you situation or laughing at you situation? Oh, it's, oh with him, it's always laughing. It's all ridicule. It's like it, it reminds you know who it reminds me of? Randy. All right. well, <laughs> Your uncle Randy. In that situation, he's on him. In that situation, then I would have to take the same stance as I did with the with the thing with Kevin Smith. Now there was this thing, and this is going back several years now, and he may still do it. I have no idea. I haven't seen it, but. 
he was on the tonight show and this was about the time that he was really he had he had he had arrived as you know the the golden boy in hollywood i can't remember right. what movie he had just made but it was probably, probably chasing, chasing amy because i was really up to this point I, I was really into kevin smith i was like man he's just you know he's awesome you know i enjoyed all of his movies to me he was he was the ultimate fanboy made good you know yes. he 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 had he had achieved for all of us yes and then i saw this and he's on the tonight show with jay leno and Jay sends him as the court and the Tonight Show correspondent to, I believe it was the San Diego Comic Con. It, it was a large con anyway. I don't know if it was San Diego, but I believe it was. Anyway, it was a huge con, and he sent him. And I'm thinking, and I, you know, I tuned in special to see this because I'm a, not a Tonight Show watcher by any stretch. But you know, I'll catch it when there's somebody on there I give a crap about. And I really wanted to see this thing with Kevin Smith. I'm thinking, oh, Kevin Smith, you know, he's going to Comic-Con or whatever it was. This is going to be really cool. And he went, and he was a total asshole. All he did was go around and do the same thing you're saying that, that Comic the Insult Dog was doing. Yeah. He was going around to, you know, fans that were there, you know, the, the participants, and totally ripping on them. You know, making all kinds of comments about their costumes or, you know, the fact that they'll never get laid. And, you know, the typical, you know, the typical insults people make to geeks. Now, you know, this would have been different, I guess. I mean, it wouldn't have been different, but it, it, it wouldn't have had quite the sting, I guess, or quite. It wouldn't have raised my ire if it had been just someone on the outside looking in, you know, your, your comic, the insult dog, you know, Joe Jock, whatever. But this was Kevin fucking Smith. He's one of us. You know? He came up, you know, through the geek ranks, earned his bones, you know. But, I mean, also, he made whatever position he has achieved, we put him there. You know? His brother and sister geeks are what made his success. You know? We're the ones that watched Clerks and got all the in-jokes, you know? We're the ones that, you know, watched Mallrats and, and understood, you know, the, the geek element and what he was right. going for. You know, I mean, he was one of us. And I watched this and I felt utterly fucking betrayed. I was like, what? What is he doing? Why all of a sudden is he going on here and now he's acting like he's on the outside? Like he's suddenly he's got to sit at the cool table in the cafeteria well, and he's spitting spitballs at the nerd table. Well, let me, yeah, let me, let me just sort of, let me just sort of add to that point because yeah, I agree with you. And, and this is something that I want to say about, about this particular segment is he'd made fun of nerds all throughout his movies, but it was making fun of them from the inside, from a, a point of view of, he, you know, he was making fun of himself. You could tell. Mm -hmm. He was. It was. It was. It seemed good-natured, and and it was accurate, and it was sort of brutally honest, of of the of the nerd stuff that he would pick on in the movies. But that's what made it good. It was. It was. But the the um the Tonight Show sort of crossed the line. It did not have that feeling of. You know, like when, you know, like good, like 
good friends can rib each other. Right. Good, good friends can actually pretty much rip on each other really heartily if they if they're both of you know the mind that they're you know I I've I've done it with my friends where you just tear into each other just for the fun of it you know and it's understood that there's some truth to it but at the same time it's all done in fun and it's all done to crack everybody up right but the the um tonight show appearance was not to crack up it was it was was hostile towards the nerds my take on it was that he was firmly 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 establishing and letting you know the viewers in the you know the the people watching that were formerly his peers he was you know letting them know he was putting them on alert you know what i'm no longer at your table yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go over here and i'm gonna sit with the cool kids now yeah i'm, I'm that's I'm, I'm, that's I'm with, my take yep you guys and shut it, up the big boys are talking now yep. yep and that really pissed me off i i haven't felt the same about him since well he I, sort know, of got his wings clipped at the same time because that's when he did that um I can't remember the name of the movie even with it. the only good thing about it was it had um um George Carlin in it. Jay and Silent Bob? No. Was that... It was um Oh, Dogma. No, Post Dogma. Huh? Oh, it really? It had Ben Affleck in it. And uh it was about Ben Affleck and I think it was Lily Taylor and that they they were having a it was it was a working class romance story. He had a little daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I and can't a Jersey girl. The name. Jersey girl. Yeah. And uh, see, that, for that me, was, I, I that would was go further. The, that, that was at the point where he was starting to cut himself away from that and saying, "I'm not going to make any, I'm not going to make any more movies with Jay and Silent Bob in it. I wrapped that up with Jay and Silent Bob. I'm just gonna." I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start making real movies now, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna make Jersey Girl, which is a serious. And really, I mean, Clerks and Mal, Clerks was like, wow, this is a really good movie for an in- indie, and it's got a lot of things going for it. Mallrats, the critics really didn't like at all, and then Chasing Amy was the one where the critics went berserk for it, where they're like, now finally Kevin Smith comes into his own. And I got to say, I really enjoyed Chasing Amy. <laughs> Too. I really enjoyed that movie. I, I thought it was, I, I thought there were, I, I, th- I thought a lot of the basic premises of it were ridiculous. And I think the, um, the whole thing was overwrought, but it had enough just, tw- it, it, it had a lot of twists in it that were just like over the top, this of you know what the characters would do that reminded me of stuff that I'd seen like when I was in college you know with when when my friends and I were all like in our early you know 20s and people you know you had crazy girls who were experimenting with you know and then he touched on the subject of like okay she's a lesbian but you know could she actually hook up with a guy and then you you're thinking through the whole movie that there's no way it's going to happen and then it happens, and so you're questioning the whole. You know, it 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 brought up a lot of. It reminded me of like, the the rare moments that Spike Lee is good, <laughs> the the one or two moments in his whole history where he does something right. When was but, that? There's there's I can I can name 
I can name off scenes uh, uh, from movies that are, that are good, but in general, not very often at all. <laughs> but um, but that you know, it was the same thing. It was the Stephen King. When are you going to write a real novel? Syndrome is is. You know, he did a movie that wasn't. It had Jay and Silent Bob in it just for a little bit, just because he f figured he had to have them in. He had to have them in every movie at that point, but they weren't really over the top. They got a couple little lines in, and uh, but uh, you know, that's when that's when it was like, oh, Kevin Smith is. He's also he's you know he's not just this jokester, hipster nerd entertainer. He can write real serious movies. Blah blah blah. And uh, it start and and at that point it wasn't going to his head. He was like, oh okay. And then he made you know, I I I, I like Dogma a lot too. I like I like Jay and Silent Bob Strike oh, Back exactly. too. See, the last one of his I enjoyed was uh, was Chasing Amy. I you know I've seen most of them since, and and I just kind of gave. Well, see, I, probably what colored it too was that whole Tonight Show thing, kind of just just put me off him. But you know, I was still willing to give him give him a shot, and I didn't. I really didn't like anything after after chasing Amy. It uh, it just seemed like somehow the. I don't know. It's like the flavor changed somehow. You know what I mean? Well, here's what I think is the difference between him and Triumph is, Triumph had no allegiance to you know Triumph never was something you know tri Triumph is a is a is a comic hired by the Conan O'Brien show to go make funny clips of picking on people. And that's all he does. That's all he does is he goes and causes trouble, gets him, gets in fights with Eminem and stuff. So when you see triumph coming, if you go over and talk to him or you let him talk to him and you sign that release that you got to sign, if you're going to be on Conan O'Brien, then, you know, you're going to get what you, you, you know, you know, you, you, you should just know what you're going to be walking into Kevin Smith sort of built his, and and he has a he has you know an, a very popular like blog, and website, and he 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 keeps a fan base you know he keeps his fan base working. And he writes comic books, and uh, which I think You're... only his his only comic books I like were the ones w that w were Clerks related. When he worked in that, when he tried to be a do a be a superhero writer, it didn't didn't really uh work out that good it wasn't that horrible i've seen worse but he wasn't really i expected i expected him to do some really neat things with the with the comics that he wrote and uh i don't know i got really... i got i believe i have everything he's done except the the spider-man he did a spider-man black cat miniseries that i refuse to get only because it shouldn't take you five years to write a four right. issue miniseries and i think he did well, that I... just because well i'm kevin smith so i can do whatever the hell i want and if it takes me all day it takes me all day you i know? got one he did with i i bought one that he did with bullseye and it had bullseye like killing a pregnant woman in the first yeah. issue, and then I never saw any other issue of it ever again. Maybe that I was his them. Daredevil run. I've got that, and I've got his uh, Green Arrow run. And now, granted, part of the problem I will acknowledge part of the problem is I don't like either character. I've never liked Daredevil. I don't understand the appeal of the character. Uh, you know, this the Frank Miller run is so lauded and so praised, and I just don't get it. It was okay. And then the Green Arrow, I've 
I just whatever. what the hell yeah. is the deal with Arrow? I yeah. just don't you know he doesn't appeal to me at all. He seems like but sort I of read stuck him. Another... I thought they were okay, you know, but you know they weren't the the second coming that everybody made them out to be. No, you know, he's a he... really good writer. You'd think he would it would be better, you know. You'd think mm-hmm. he would, and I'll I'll tell you what I loved his Jay and Silent Bob comics were yeah they were hilarious. Good. Yeah, they were. They were very and, good. And and they tied up the, the movies together, and the Clerks, like, missing scenes and just the side story Clerks ones were all really good. And they were all, par- like, the Clerks ones, they had one that was a big parody of, you know, comic book collectors and people who collect action figures, you know. And but he was... Before I... I'm sorry, go ahead. And, uh... And that can and you know that was very you know that that wasn't offensive to to people who collected action figures. It was funny because it was accurate. It was an exaggeration of accurate things, and and it's something that doesn't get made fun of that often. So he's sort of, you know, it, well, nerddom does get made fun of, but not from an in, not from somebody who really knows what it's all about, you know. So you know, I mean, there's but, only so many see, people who are going to get a joke about Star Wars chase figures in a box, you know. So, but in that instance, he didn't he didn't come off as mean spirited. No, it, you was, know, he it was didn't hilarious. come off as as geek elitist or whatever. No. You know, he he He's came off fun as where it needs to be poked at. He was one of us laughing at himself, you know, and and I get that, but. One thing you said that I really wanted to touch on, and this actually ties right into something that that I did have to say on this whole topic was, you know, you were talking about Comic the Insult Dog, and it sounded to me like you were kind of giving him a pass. And I I can't give him a pass only in the aspect of there's a show that's on TV right now. I believe the name of it is The Big Bang Theory. Have you ever watched this show? No, I haven't. I've heard heard a lot of things about it i've heard a lot, a lot of people like it but they're my people. my wife watches this show and, and she just rolls when she watches it she thinks it's just hysterical and she's tried to get me to watch it and i sat down and i watched most of one episode and i realized that when it comes to geek things i'm very sensitive about it you know i it comes from a lifetime basically of being picked on about right, it and right I, well, it, nerds it's are, really nerds tires. are traditionally picked on so yeah right. we know and, when know, we're, we know when the bullet we know the bully's voice <laughs> right and i walked away from this show really with one thought is that it's not that it wasn't funny you know or whatever but all right take that same show and instead of uh, a bunch of comic geeks, make it a bunch of homosexuals, and make every joke, you know, a gay joke, them, a gay joke, but not in a good way, not like an Ellen way, but totally ripping on them for their stereotypes, you know, for you know, calling them sissies, and you know, all this, you know, all the things that that gay people have to put up with in a negative way, and. There would be fucking riots in the street. Yeah. There's no way you could get away with that shit on television in, in these politically correct times. There's no way that shit would fly on TV. You know, if you do a show that tackles that subject these days, it's got to be like Will and Grace or some shit. Right. You know, it's got to be, you know, it, it has to be portrayed in a certain light. 
but why do they get away with that shit when it comes to us? You know, why can they put you know a, a bunch of geeks together on TV and every episode is total insult, total rip? Let's dress them as fucking ridiculously. It's easy. Well, I know, but what I'm saying is, you know, they're we're allowing them to get away with that shit because nobody says anything, or if they do, I guess we're just basically ignored. We're also it, allowing it, it by. It really bothers me. That that's what really that's getting back to my point of um, people who live the stereotypes and help perpetuate them. Dry, drives me nuts. Um, well, I, I think we should take a break and then we, we should sort of come back and wrap this up. I've got a couple thoughts going, some finishing thoughts on on the whole Kevin Smith looking down on nerds thing that I'd like to to get into in the next one and maybe pull this into some sort of coherency. Okay. <laughs> Watch me pull this rabbit out of my ass. <laughs> but that trick never works. <laughs> I don't remember the next line. We'll be right back. Now it's the time for the Freak of the Week. This week's freak is Mr. Spike Jones. You always hurt the one you love, the one you shouldn't hurt. At all You always take The sweetest rose And crush it Till the petals fall now, excuse me there, Mr. Carl Grayson. I'll tell this little girl all about this year's situation. Now, honey child, you knows that you always seems to break the, uh, well, the very kind of soul of our heart with a hasty word that you just can't seem to recall. Honey child, honey lamb, honey baby, honey doll, honey pie. Now then, if this boy, now mind you, I says, uh, if this year boy done broke your heart last night, honey child, honey lamb, honey baby, honey doll, honey pie, is because he love you the most of all. <laughs> The one you 
love The one you should hurt at all You always take the sweetest rose And crush it till the petals fall You always break Crunch! The kindest heart With a hasty word you can't recall Ah, yeah, you old so if I broke Crunch! Your heart last night It's because I love you most of all All right, we're back, and uh, and if if you haven't noticed, this has been a sort of loosey goosey topic. I guess maybe because no. it was my idea, and I I've been sort of behind it. But um, this is the last show I do without some serious alcohol in my blood oh, system. Oh, that should be interesting. And uh, and I I, I just want to say I think my I I want to sort of give my motivation for why. I've and I've I've been wanting to do this episode for a while, and you'd think it would be maybe a little more coherently organized in my brain, but <laughs> there you go. Um, Not your brain, man. I know your brain. But um, uh-uh. you know, I've been a nerd all my life, but it's always been in sort of you know my nerdness has been able to be expressed throughout. Through you know, I have my I have my nerd friends, and I have my friends who are just. I don't want to say normal people because I, God damn it, I don't have any normal friends. <laughs> you said that earlier about working with normal people, and I was like, I, I thought of that. It's that, it's always that scene in quotes. In generations where uh, where where uh, Doctor Soren's torturing Jordy and says something about normal people, and Jordy says, "Well, what's normal?" You know. Exactly. Well, whenever I say normal people, you can just consider it in quotation marks. But you know, people. People outside of nerd world, people who like are, are uh, they've probably seen Star Wars since you know most people have, but they can't discuss the minutia of it, and you know they they wouldn't know that John Williams did the soundtrack of it, you know, or just basic 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 stuff to us. Heathens. You know, they know who Luke Skywalker is. They know who R two D two is. He's cute. Yoda. Everybody, you know, Yoda. But um. Um, it's always been, you know, the people that have really understood that sort of thing that, that you feel comfortable, like talking about comic books or people like you, my, my friend Jack who collects comic books, my friend Mark who, you know, he reads comic books and he plays Dungeons and Dragons and, and all that. And none of these people are, all of them, including myself have aspects of stereotypical, I'm the hoarder. I've got, I'll try to get some pictures up with this episode up on our uh, Libsyn site of just what my junk rooms look like of all the crap that I've acquired that I have to have even though I'll never have time to play with it or listen to it or watch it or whatever you do with it but I got it so I'm crazy <laughs> in that way but I've always it's always been in this small community of friends that I know and when I went to the when I went to the convention you know, you meet a lot more people, and and now that we're doing this podcast, this is really one of the first times I've ever done anything aimed at a specific audience. I'm, I've been do, you know, I'm I'm in bands, I've done videos, but I've never like targeted them at a certain thing. 
you know? I've never been like, I make horror movies, so horror fans like them. Or my music is punk rock, so punk rockers like it, you know? It's always been just sort of whatever whatever happens. And this is sort of the same way, but, you know, I mean, not, and it's sort of a new world to me. Like, I, I would, you know, I watch movies and stuff like that, but I don't go, I've, I'm a newcomer to, like, going to forums and, you know, now that we're doing this podcast and I'm looking at our forum to see who comments about it, I've become very interested because I know that the demographic that I saw at that um, convention is pretty much, in a way, out there by ex in exponential numbers, potentially, with this podcast. You know, I, we have the potential to to communicate with a lot of people and and I've always, you know I I've never really you know when I whenever I'm around other nerds usually what gets discussed is the new Star Wars movie or you know or something something to that effect and never the this sort of thing and I wonder what people and now with this with this audience of people who are sort of living in here I I, I wonder you know what what other people's thoughts are on these things. If anybody else has noticed these things that we've no, I mean, I know there's people out there who are the stereotypes who don't think they're the stereotypes. Then there's the people who think that they're the stereotypes, but they're not really. And then there's the people who, you know, for could walk down the street and nobody would ever know that they, you know, know what Greedo's middle name is, but they do, and or they have, you know you know, 75 long boxes of comics down in their basement that they go and pour through every night. I don't know anybody and, like that. No, no, neither do I. But, you know, I mean, look at you. You've got, you've got a wife, two kids, you know, and, 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 you, you know, a job that's not like working at a comic shop or something like that. You have to go out and, and interact with the normal world. And, you know, say if you were at work and there was a communal CD player and everybody was putting their music on, the minute you put something you wanted to listen on, you know everybody in the office would be like, what's up with that guy, <laughs> you know? I, I, just, I did that just the other night, just just, just to gauge a reaction. Yeah, and um, the reaction... We have we have a set of speakers in the, in the um, common room, and, you know, no, nothing was going on or anything. I was actually in there by myself to start, and I plugged in my MP3 player and put something... I, I think it was the pirate soundtrack. I can't remember something like that. And like every person that walked in, you know, did like like the the double, double take, take. Like, yeah. what 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 the hell is that? You know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I know. But and I and I wonder how people feel about those stereotypes and you know how they feel about the way that were generally looked at i mean for the most part when you when you grow when you grow up nerd like you learn not to uh really take what society at large feels about things seriously or 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 let it let it control you because you know you've you've pretty much um and this is again a, you know a sweeping generality but you know you've you've um developed a lot outside of peer pressure you know, there, right. there, there might be internal peer pressures among your group of friends or whatever. There always is, but you know, you've ne you know, most people have never felt the the real need to conform, 
and and being usually intelligent a lot of the times they don't get sucked into the same you know like fundamental you know fundamentalism religions and stuff like that the stuff that the can just sort of brainwash people you know you don't find although society at large pictures you know all the information that we have in our and to me you know all the star wars information in my head i understand you know there's there's things about star wars that are deep but then there's other stuff that you know i just know about it because it's cool you know or you know or it's cool to me it's not cool but it was you know it, it's cool to me that you know so you remember we used to just every you know every little line that you know every number you know when some we're in vector 3.92 you know we were like 3.9 blah 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 you know right you know knowing the making the model of the all the starships and stuff like that i know that that doesn't really like isn't the kind of information that enriches my education or my understanding of the universe or society at large and that's where i sort of cross the line from like where where you go from nerdum fandom into a little bit of some sort of <laughs> almost mental illness at points you know or or you know the person the personality ticks that i i think there's a a good amount of like obsessive compulsive type stuff and now i hate also categorizing stuff into psychobabble too you know obsessive compulsive i always got add everybody's got add you know especially if there's something boring going on you know but uh definitely in 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 the nerd community there's a lot of obsessiveness you know i know i have it you know i I would be the happiest man in the world if I could have somebody gave me like an infinite warehouse and said, here, you're a librarian. <laughs> Just stack stuff, stack stuff away and organize it for posterity. I would be the happiest guy in the world, you know, especially if it was like taking care of like, you, you know, it's your job to, to keep and categorize every movie in the world i would be the happiest guy in the world you know i would be going through the dvds going okay these are going into the western section these are going in the sci-fi section you know and and one day i will have a complete collection of everything you know and that day is never going to come but that'll was what makes it great but um yeah, I just wonder, and this is this is my first time I've had sort of an outlet where I haven't been doing something artistic. Well, this is artistic, but it's 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 also, you know, we're talking. You know, I'm talking. I'm 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 not writing songs or doing a piece of performance art or filming a fictional movie. You know, we're just we're just talking about stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm hoping this sort of spurs maybe some kind of the kind of discussion that normally isn't isn't discussed beyond you know i mean it's sort of it's sort of nice to have a community where you can just go in and talk about the things you like but i like right. to examine it a little bit and i and you know i mean it's self-examination too i'm sure that's the the main reason behind it but i just wonder i just wonder what i wonder if there's people out there who know 
that they're sort of playing up or living the stereotype, you know, or if, you know, we're all just sort of so caught up in our own context that you never know, you know, I mean, I'm, I, I know there's things about me that are goofy that I don't even notice, you know, that I do all the time that everybody's just like, oh, geez, you see the sneakers he's wearing, you know, they're ridiculous. What we need is someone to step forward like like Jeff Foxworthy did for the redneck community to step forward and have like a like a geek litmus test, you know, to where to where we know a that we are one and then b to like what degree we are one because I I fall on two sides of this really is that, you know, I I acknowledge that that I'm a geek, nerd, freak, whatever you want to whatever label you want to put on it. You know, if you're if you're talking someone who like you said knows the minutia of Star Wars and, you know, has a, you know, a a 15,000 uh you know, comic book collection, you know, stuff like that. You know, yeah, you know, I I, I got to raise my hand. You know, so there's that side of it. You know, but I don't think I'm stereotypical either. But you know, there's, there's there's degrees. But let me let me let me give you a story. Is okay. You know, you know, you remember when we were kids? I mean, I got for a time, I got really really into Star Trek. Now this was like classic Trek. This right. was before Next Generation even came along. So I mean, I got really into it almost like obsessively into it you know i was watching all the shows i was you know into the movies i was reading all the books you know and and really you know had had some serious hero worship and in even some some emulation going on for for some of the key characters you know and uh then i went to my first star trek convention and I don't remember what year this was, but I went and I, I think the first one I went to, if I remember correctly, I saw, I think it was Jimmy doing, I forget. I saw one with Jimmy doing, and I saw another one with DeForest Keller and Kelly, and I can't remember which one it was. But anyway, the first one I went to, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm into the show, I'm into the movies, I'm really into the books, you know, I'm living, breathing, eating it, you know, I'm really a Star Trek guy. I, I, I don't like labels. I don't like, I really don't like Trekkie. That to me is yeah. a derogatory term and Trekker just sounds goofy. <laughs> yeah. So I'll just say, say Star Trek guy. I was really a Star Trek guy. Well, then I go to this convention and holy shit. Was it an eye opener? I yep. mean, wow. I mean, there were people there that literally, lived, breathed, and eat this. I mean, there were people there that I I wondered if they ever got out of costume. What, what does this person do for a living because they can't possibly function in the real world, you know? And I mean, there's actually been stories like that. You know, there was that woman that went, you know, to the to the court case o. there J. a while OJ Simpson back. trial. <laughs> oh, was it OJ? Yeah, I believe it was OJ Simpson. And, you know, and then she was in the movie. There was a movie about Trekkies. Star Trek. I think it was called Trekkies. It was called Trekkies. Where they, uh, where they she, talked to her. She was a big and focus of that movie, yeah. So, you know, for the longest time, you know, really up until really recently, I, I you know, I thanked my lucky stars 
you know, that, that, that had happened because I felt like it had saved me. Like it had pulled me back from the abyss, you know, like I was able to look at that and, and have that Holy shit revelation to, it was almost like the scared straight program. You know what I mean? Right. And, and I, and I kind of found myself, I mean, if there's any sort of geek elite or, or geek structure at all, I placed myself more towards the top as far as, you know, yes, I was a geek, but I'm not one of those people. Right. You know what I mean? And, and that's really how I felt for a long, long time. And, and I see that with other people, you know, yes. especially on the forums, I see people kind of taking that stance that, well, yeah, I'm here, but I'm not one of them. Yes, you know? exactly. And I, and, and, and I wonder if everybody feels, cause I feel like that sometimes. And well, I wonder if like the biggest living with his mom, comic book guy feels that same way of just like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's always somebody, there's always a bigger fish. Right. You know, but you know, my, my other side of that coin though, and this is really something I, I've come into really just recently is that, you know what? The whole thing with Kevin Smith really pissed me off and really festers in my mind, you know, and the things, you know, like that show I was talking about that looked down on us really pissed me off. It, it really comes down to, we need to pull together as a community and be more embracing of each other and more supportive as a community and realize that really there is no difference. You know, if, if you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. There really is no difference between, you know, you and I doing a show about the things we're talking about and that woman, you know, that, that lives in her Starfleet uniform. There really isn't a whole hell of a lot of no, difference. No, there's the difference. The difference is, and this is this is the warning that I, I guess I want to put out to my geek brothers and sisters is, as much as the real world may may be a scary place, and it may suck, and there may be things about it that that want you know that cause you to want to retreat to your long boxes and your Star Trek movies and your Star Wars books, and all these things you still have to function in that world. You know, you still have to go and earn a living and you have to eat and you have to shit and you have to please take a bath, you know? So, <laughs> you know, I, my warning is that there, there are degrees, you know, there are degrees as far as, you know, don't let yourself get sucked in past a point where where you really don't know where that line is anymore because by then it's too late though well i mean while there is a lot yeah. of scary shit about the world and while there is a lot of negativity and yes you know there are real horrors that happen in the world you know the world also and i can't believe i'm saying this you know as really like the ultimate you know down guy a lot of the time but the world also is a beautiful place, you know? I mean, the world also has nice things in it and nice people in it and nice things that happen, you know? I mean, you know, you don't have to go any further than, you know, going outside on a bright sunny day and seeing kids laughing and playing or, you know, there's there's nice places to go. There's There's things to do beyond just pulling yourself into some fantasy world because you want, don't want to deal with everything else. And so 
you know, like I'm I'm not trying to get on some sort of soapbox and, and I'm not trying to place myself above other people, but it, you know, that all came to me, you know, with a, with a certain, you know, modicum of, of maturity that comes with, you know, realizing that you do have to grow up one day. You do have to do for yourself and, you know, wanting to have things in life, you know, wanting to, you know, get married and well, you know, first even get laid. I mean, I know a lot of, you know, brother geeks out there that, you know, <laughs> they're yeah. pushing my age and, you know, they I don't, don't think they've ever gotten it. They don't even get a pon far. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that, that's, that's just, God, that's just fucking sad, it's sad. You know, there's nobody out there that's so bad that they shouldn't get laid, you know? But I mean, really it comes down to what you're, you know, I mean, if you're, if your biggest ambition is, you know, your, your comic collection or your, you know, your Star Trek, whatever, you know, I, I think you need a, a, just a bit of a reality check. And that, that's all I'm trying to say. You know, I mean, you should have greater ambitions. You should want to, you know, find a special person, you know, maybe, you know, have some kids, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, whatever, you know, whatever helps you reassimilate into the greater society and not just totally retreat into, you know, your, 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 your little fantasy world. And man, I hope that didn't come off as, you know, well, I, I, I imagine how, there's yeah. the, 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 the people that that really applies to are in the vast minority. And most of the people that hear that are going, well, that's not me. <laughs> I agree with him. That's not me. But, um, I guess what I want to say about the, nerddom geekdom is the 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 problem the basic problem with it isn't that people are turned into the stereotypes it's that there's so many different types of us that that you know that range across so many different interests if we could all if you know people talk about revolutions or change you know and you have politicians talking about change but i gotta tell you and this is this is honestly this is something that I that I discovered at my first comic convention. If the true ner if the real nerds of the world, if all the nerds got together and we made a plan, there could be a real revolution and real change, and we could do it without having to be, you know, left you know left wing radicals, right wing radicals, or even, you know, p or or even political, you know, or when if it when nerds when you know ner if if you if you want to like get nerds involved in politics they're just going to break it down to like they'll take the constitution or something you know read it analyze it and apply it and then you know instead of trying to come up with the stuff that politicians do they would approach it from a different manner if we could all get together we could it we could alter the world in more towards our liking and i think for the most part nerds whether they're whether they're optimistic or pessimistic they would like things to come out good for humanity and i think nerds actually think about what could become of humanity even more than smelly hippies i'm laughing because when when we were in school one of the things that you used to do that used to really bust me up was you would take our books that we were assigned, particularly our history books, and and alter them in very funny ways. And I remember this picture, and I'm pretty sure it's a suffragette march 
you know, this this like turn of the century picture of like all these people sure. marching Price down Susan the street. Anthony. Yeah. yeah, and they have a big banner out in front of them. And somehow you erased perfectly whatever was on the banner. And it looked like the picture really looked this way. You know, this was before like Photoshop and everything. Yeah. This was like a page in the history book. I love Photoshop. And you, you all you altered the picture to say freaks of the world unite oh my god i remember it now <laughs> and that's what i thought of when you I were talking back about then. this and it, it was cracking me up man because i'll never forget that picture it was absolutely hysterical of all these women in like long dresses and the, like the big bonnet hats and stuff and they're carrying this freaks you freaks unite banner it was just hysterical uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm See, tired and punched. I, I don't, guess, I, but that just cracked me up. I don't. I don't know if I want to say it's. I think. I think. I think the world's a beautiful place, but I think nerds could make it a more beautiful place if we just oh, got. Yeah. Not that I'm gonna organize them. <laughs> I ain't gonna do it. But and man, just what an, an idea! It would be awesome. I listened awesome. to a whole show recently of. Um, I wish I could give the proper shout outs, but I can't remember what, what show it was. Um, maybe somebody can, can clue in and let me know. But it was a whole show of these guys debating basically and trying to figure out the politics of Star Trek. You know, how did we get to the point they're in in Star Trek? You know, was it was it a, a form of socialism or, you know, how did we get there? And I'm thinking – you're absolutely right. This is the shit that nerds think about. Mm -hmm. We do think about, you know, how can we make the world better? You know, how can we get to that that Star Tro Star Trekian utopia? And, and you know? that was exactly Star Trek consciously tried to portray people of different races, and 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 not only, but they didn't do it like, hey, look, there's a black person on the bridge. There's a Scottish person here, you know, the Sulu's here. We got a Russian who was in Russia was our enemies. And they, they put them there and there was no like big deal about it. It was, they portrayed the future as you had all these different races and, and literally different species and stuff interacting together. And the only time race came up was when you had like Shirons and stuff you know, as, right. as a as a subtext to it, you know, as and and the you know the protagonists were always the ones who straightened out the Shirons and were like, look, we're all you know, you're the same, blah blah blah. So yeah, and 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 not only did they consciously portray it, but they did it in a manner that 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 made it seem. And you also got the sense that the entire world was working together. You know, there wasn't a lot of talk about America or specific countries, you know, doing something. It was the Federation, which you got a sort of idea was maybe like the UN or something like that. But right. And, and if I mean, seriously, if the if the geeks really work together, we wouldn't even have to do it on the sly. We could just do it right over the internet and since we obviously have are there's so many of us and we have so much and i gotta say i'm a poor i'm a poor nerd you're a poor nerd there's a lot of nerds out there with really damn good jobs who get paid well mm -hmm. who, who who can throw some money around 
that's like when you go to San Francisco. When you go to San Francisco, all of a sudden, like, a lot of the people that are well off there are gay. So it's not like, you're, you know, the rich people aren't like, you're at, like, caddy, like, um, oh, what, what's that? Uh, Ted Knight and Caddyshack. You know, they're, 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 um, although, you know, I imagine a lot of them are probably Republicans because they want to keep, but maybe they're not because they want to get married too. But at the same time, it's a whole different, you know, it's a whole different thing there. And, and it's looked at in a different way. You know, nobody, nobody's going to, nobody's going to like really want to get down on the gays in San Francisco because it's really like a good chunk of the population when a good chunk of the economy is based on that and therefore San Francisco is a very gay friendly town. Now, if you apply that to all of America, um, you know, gay people only um, account for a certain percentage of people statistically. But nerds, there's gay nerds, there's black nerds, there's Puerto Rican nerds, there's white nerds, there's nerds everywhere. Everywhere. And the nerds are usually better educated and have, you know, once again, a stereotype, but it'll have like the IT jobs and stuff like that. And we could really, we could really mess things up. All right, but what, right what are you calling for, though? I'm what, calling what for is the it? nerd revolution, man. I'm oh, going to be the well... Che Guevara of nerd revolution. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to have my face on a red poster. For... Are you calling for nerd respect, or you're calling for you know world nerd, domination? What the hell are you? What nerd are you, what respect are you on about? will come out of nerd world domination. Uh, Once we I dominate the you. world, they must respect us. I got and they you. They will respect got us under their. Yes. Okay. They will now. respect us from under our heel. Well, you know, here here's my take on that: is they need to respect. We need we need to have our our respect, and I. We need to take I over the world. I don't particularly want to take over the world because that's like way too much more shit than I've got time to deal with right now. Well, well, there's enough of us that we can delegate. That's the thing. We won't, you know have, to, I mean? we won't have to do an awful lot. All we'll have to do is shift our, maybe shift our money in a slightly different direction or something. You know, people, you know, all the, uh, all the like, say all the hippie groups are like, oh, big corporations. We hate big corporations. Well, what do they do? They they hold hands and they they wave signs and stuff like that, and the big corporations laugh their asses off. But with <laughs> nerds, if there's a big corporation screwing with things and we don't like it, eh, we can just shift our money away from them and uh, towards someone who does it right. And I got where you're. Going. And, all right, and well here, make, here's that would be a big deal. Not that we'll ever right. do it. But, I see where you're going. But, you see, and, you're, and, you're and a total. We, we could we could do it without playing politics. We could do it without playing religion. We can do it from a sheer practical point of view. The, the, if nerds take over the world, of course, if nerds take over the world, then they're going to become pig fuckers, just like people who you know power corrupts. But the thing about nerds is what makes them different than anybody else. It is if nerds take over the world, nerds are coming from not necessarily the bottom, but they're coming from the, an underdog situation. Nerds understand what it's like to be an underdog and are more likely, and, and since the, we're also future-minded, 
we're going to try to, instead of like, I would hope, to, you know, try to figure out how, how much money we can make out of the, and enjoy, uh, how much money we can make in our lifetime instead trying to push the world in a, in a positive direction. Cause there, there's nobody who's doing that. The, 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 you know, there's no, but uh, as far as I'm concerned in the like war for the survival of humanity, there's no good, there's no good guys. <laughs> everybody, everybody thinks they're the good guy in, in, in that manner. Although a lot of people are making money, but you know, the right wing thinks they're the good guys. The left wing thinks they're the good guys and none of them are doing anything that's, you know, any 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 blind fool can see that <laughs> the society is not headed in a in a sustainable sustainable direction. It's not heading towards a good place, and you know we need some nerdly social engineering going on there, because, you know, I mean personally, I'm not really into having kids, but you know if you want to have if you got kids. So, yep. you know, you, you, you know, you hope and see, I do have kids and that's why I'm saying, you know, I can barely control the two of them. Yeah. So I'm going to leave the world running to you. Cause that's like way more responsibility than I can deal well, with right not, now. That's why I'm not going to get married and have kids. Cause I'll, I'll, I'll free up that I'm, extra time. All I'm calling world. for, you know, with, with nerd power and, and I, I can honestly, Honestly, I can't tell if you're serious or not, but all I'm calling for is I want to see some. Honestly, some I can't tell either. <laughs> I want to see some some nerd unity, and I'm dead serious yeah. about, about this. I want to see some nerd unity on the front of when when things like this happen, like this thing with with Kevin Smith on on you know the Tonight Show, or this you know this show that's out there that's openly mocking us and all this shit. I'm serious, man. You you need to make a fucking phone call. You need to send an email. You need to send an actual real, you know, snail mail. You need to take a stand if the shit bothers you, you know, if it, if it really offends you. Because, you know, other groups don't let them get away with this shit, you know. If there's something out there that's offensive to gays, you know, they, they march, you know. If there's something that's offensive to, to black people... You know, they march or they riot or they do whatever they do, you know. And I'll tell and you. Why, why do we lay down and put up with this shit? Because I'll tell you, something that, that has baffled me for absolute years is, you know, why why if you go, you know, to work or, or out somewhere and you wear a, I don't know, you know, you wear a, a, a Superman shirt or, you know, you wear your, your Justice League shirt or whatever, or, you know, you go and you – you you read your Star Trek book on your lunch break or whatever. You're you're more than likely at least once in your life you're gonna get somebody to make some smart ass remark. Oh, you're a Trekkie, you know, or some shit like that. Do you got but your I have, I have literally seen some big fat tubby ass three hundred pound dude paint himself blue and stand out in a blizzard, freezing his balls off, getting drunker than hell, going. At a fucking uh, bunch of football Buffalo players, game. yeah, watching some football game in Buffalo, New York, freezing his balls off in the middle of winter. What the hell is the difference between <laughs> that guy and the guy that goes to a Star Trek convention? Where the fuck is the difference? You tell me that there's a difference between that we asshole. Still, we still and make us. fun of him, but he is way more socially accepted. That's for sure. Ex that's my point. That is my exact point. 
you know, watch this, watch the sports wrap up on your local news any day of the week and tell me that those assholes are any different than us. It's all fandom, but somehow sports, and I don't get this sports is this big acceptable thing where it's okay to make a complete ass of yourself. I have seen people, I have seen lawns around here with, with the Georgia stuff on the lawn, you know, like Georgia, uh, UGA, University of Georgia. I mean, everybody around here, it, it, it's like a fucking religion, right? And I'm not knocking it because my wife comes from there. She's totally into it. I'm not knocking it. But my point is, what the hell is the difference between a guy who's got a bulldog on his lawn, a flag on his flagpole, he's got a UGA license plate, he's got a UGA uh, antenna topper, he's wearing his UGA shirt, he's wearing his UGA hat. Where the yeah, fuck is exactly. the difference between that guy and me going out and I'm wearing my Star Trek shirt and I'm listening to John Williams in my car with the windows rolled down and, uh, you know, I've got a Mickey Mouse antenna topper and I've got, you know, a Superman license plate. Or, Where the or, fuck is the difference? Or a housewife who's watching soap operas and Oprah every day and reading every Oprah book. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. It's the same thing. It, it's the same it thing. It is the same thing. And, and, and as a matter of fact, you know what? Those people should be all all of a sudden we should assimilate them we should call them what they are which are nerds there's a mm-hmm. sport you are a sports nerd you have a fantasy football league huh oh a fantasy football league really are you going to pick on the dungeons and dragons guys now because well, you know they the have a fantasy warrior <laughs> you know what the difference there is though they can get is money that, from yeah. that well, no, they, you know, is that if you're the Star Trek geek and you go up and you start some shit saying, you know, calling somebody a sports nerd, you know, they're probably going to kick the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I there mean, lies unfortunately, the rub. unfortunately, a lot of our, our, our geek brethren, you know, are, are in that stereotype of, 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 you see, I hate to say it, you know, physical insuperiority. So you I, know. I'm not saying we should organize an organized army of nerds, but I, I think we should just flex our muscles a little bit, you know, and, and, and instead of instead of making another video based on the all your base are belong to us video or the Star Wars kid, you know, maybe spend a little time on a little bit of nerdly social engineering and, uh, you know, see do what the- you can do. Do black people still use that that fist that that black power thing? Because we could take I don't that. No, I'll have to go ask some. <laughs> I'll, let me go find some and uh, see what they think. I mean, I it's want, still wanna... a pretty universal sim. I think pretty everybody pretty much knows what. Why should we do it with the live long and prosper? You know. That's it. Geek power. Oh, that's a live... T-shirt right there. Co- let's copyright yes. that shit right now. Yep, right now. Nobody better steal that. Oh, I'm my God. You. It, you heard it here first. Uh, yep. That's it. Geek power. Although it's probably some copyright infringement on on Star Trek. God that's damn it. it. Start selling T-shirts and making my mint, and the next thing you know, Leonard Nimoy's at my door. Exactly. Giving you the, giving you the death grip. That's okay. I hope he does show up, because I've got words for that son of a bitch, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm going to ask him what he was thinking about the ballad of Bilbo Baggins. I want to know why he's got the fucking audacity to, to, to rake Star Trek generations over the coal when he was too big and important to even appear in the film, you know? He snubs his nose at appearing, and then when the movie comes out, and, you know, admittedly is not as good as it could have been if he had bothered to fucking be in it, and then he's got the audacity to come out and, and 
you know, he's, say negative things about the movie. He's well, you know, too busy taking pictures <laughs> of naked women right now. <laughs> he's pursuing other avenues. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Um, now that I think that there's not a group that we haven't offended in this show. Um, well, what else? What well, else? We, we got to write this stuff down just so we can make sure. But you know, write us and tell us if we missed anybody, and we'll get we'll, we'll put them in the queue. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh um, man! Yeah, well, there we go. A nice coherent show. Yeah, nice. Uh, Nerds nice of the world unite. Hour tangents. <laughs> well, you know, we've we've had a number of people comment that you know that I I need to to shut up more and let you speak. And, and you now know, now I, they I, know. Now they understand why we just don't let that happen. Be careful what you ask for. Um, so, okay. So I think just to be, just since we've been discussing stereotypes and just because we sort of ended on, Hey nerds, it's a great, big, beautiful, wonderful world. I think we should pick the stereotypical song that they plaster on every optimistic ending or feel good finish to anything in the world. Louis Armstrong singing It's a Wonderful World and we'll go out in a stereotypical blast of pretentiousness and uh, ridiculousness cool alright so this has been Two True Freaks I'm Chris Honeywell and I'm Scott Gardner and this is We Armstrong I see trees of green red roses too I see them blue for me and you and I think to myself what a wonderful world I see skies of blue What are you looking at, nerd? Huh? I thought I was looking at my mother's old douchebag, but that's in Ohio.